Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Definitely check them out for all sorts of educational podcasts to check out. Uh, today's episode is Season 5, Episode 10. I can't believe we're already Season 5, Episode 10. That is crazy. Today we have Michelle Haken sort of with us. We're going to try a different style here. She is a English teacher. And uh, she has done all sorts of things. Uh, she's an English teacher at Rye Middle School in Rye, New York, and an adjunct professor. Uh, so sh- how I say she's sort of here with us is we're going to take a look at an article she wrote for ISTE on five ways to gamify your classroom. And I, I kind of want to walk through this. Some plenty of great ideas here, some little tips and tricks and twists that I'd like to detail. And again, this is in the spirit of trying a few new things here on Well Played. We're in we're in season five. I thought we could try different things. And taking a look through an article would be another one I wanted to try. Last week episode, it was my take on wrapping up the year. Again, love to hear some feedback from you guys. If these podcast styles, these different styles are something you're interested in that the article walkthrough or just sort of my take on things and of course we'll always have more guests i absolutely love chatting with guests but all right without further ado we're going to take a look into this five ways to gamify your classroom on isti uh their website this was posted february 12th 2021 by michelle haken and uh kind of breaking down the article here uh it is what it says it is right we're looking at five ways to sort of gamify your classroom and it's her her first suggestion here is to adapt old school games for classroom use uh take the scavenger hunts the bingos the dice game connect foursquare you name it she kind of lists a bunch here and adapt them for your learning put vocabulary words on bingo cards see if students can match words after hearing the definitions Working in groups, students could play Scrabble to spell out the answers of specific content questions. Try a scavenger hunt. She kind of lists these different things you could do, even on a Zoom meet. Use a goose chase. Again, it's ISTE here, so we're going to be talking a little bit about some tech uses for sure. Um, Okay, so here's my take on this one. Her first salvo, the opening comment here is to adapt old school games for classroom use. What, uh, my take here, my opening sort of remarks on that is, that's a good thing. I think getting you used to being aware of what's around you is, it's it's critical if we're gonna grow as educators and if we're gonna grow as gamifiers, seeing what's out there and understanding what's out there is big. And so I like this idea of walking down the familiar. So I think if you busted out any of these games, Scrabble, if you busted out Connect Four, and even in some respects, you don't even have to bust it out, right? Because you you know it, right? And when I say it in my head, or when I say it out loud to you guys, Foursquare, you can picture that in your head. When I say Scrabble, 
maybe you don't have the exact placements of things on the board, but you know there's like a word triple word score. You know there's there's these various spots you're sort of competing with with those nice tactile uh, letter blocks, right? So, okay. Starting with the familiar, what what's so good about that? It's good because we're asking you as gamifiers, us in the well-played community, us in the explore like a pirate community, uh, to a certain extent, us in the EMC2 community, we, we are already gamifiers. We're already people that are out there doing this. And we want to bring you into the fold. We want you to understand the power of play and what it, what it has there. And, and how to do that isn't easy. It's a, it's a tall ask for anybody to come into a new pedagogy and and kind of trust that it will lead somewhere. Like we're literally asking you to build a bridge and at sometimes you're going to think it's a bridge to nowhere. We know we're, we're standing in the promised land where our kids are engaged, our kids are excited, our, they're passionate about their work and they pour their passion into their work and we're excited. We want to get you here. Well, a great way to do it while we're selling you on this new pedagogy, this new style, taking the familiar is huge. Telling you to adapt on an old school board game for your classroom is a super simple and awesome way to begin because you're not wasting any brain cells on trying to figure out the game. And at the same time, you can then pour that energy into understanding gamification, really. You know, maybe pick up, pick up a book. Uh, and read about gamification as you begin with using old school games with a twist. And she definitely tells you that, right? I mean, she talks about trying to spell out answers with, you know, scrabble pieces and this kind of thing. I think this is huge. This is a good beginning. I super approve this idea. And I would uh, recommend kind of taking it one step further. Also, while you're adapting old school board games, I think you should be taking a peek at some board games that are out there and 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 some app-based games for you to to learn from so you know go on the app store and look at the 10 hottest free games right now download two or three of them play them and jot them jot down what you're noticing you're getting stars for things you're getting points for things oh maybe you have certain currencies maybe you're collecting certain things and using them in different ways what's happening when you finish a level all these things could be valuable data for you as maybe a new gamifier. Uh, if you're an older gamifier, you know, trying to help all kinds of people out there, sometimes, you know, the challenge of taking something very familiar, that board game you have in the in your closet, and pulling it out and then asking yourself, how can I use this this week? How can I use the lessons that are in here to design my my unit, my lesson, my activity? And that challenge sometimes can get you, you know, out of the gate as well. So while this is a great place for those new virgin gamifiers, it's also a great place for you guys to to sink your teeth in and really try to to challenge yourself. So again, you're you're a old school gamifier, a long term gamifier. Let's let's see what we can do. Uh, I did this myself. I used the game Operation in my class during my Egypt unit, right? When we're talking about mummification. I use it as a fun sort of review game where you're trying to like answer questions, obviously, and then get a chance at pulling out the 
the various organs and whatnot in that game. And it's just a nice little touch. Uh, wasn't a big build, isn't a hard thing, isn't really the deepest of gamification components here, but it was a nice place to start. And it's also a nice place to start for our kids because they're familiar with that. All right, moving on to her second point, play digital games. And then she suggests Kahoot, Quizit, Quizzes, Quizlet Live, Gimkit, Bluekit. Really, those are kind of the big five right now. Breakout EDU, she also suggests. These are great. Uh, great place to start, again, if you're new Gamifier. I'm going to challenge our older Gamifiers. Older, I mean more experienced. Veteran, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm going to challenge our veteran Gamifiers. These... These things, we've talked about this before. While they are excellent products and, and great place to start, the XP Lab community, I definitely encourage my followers, those those people that really want to go in on this. Uh, you can use these. We can sprinkle these things in, but that's not gamification, right? Though your, your pull, I shouldn't say it's not gamification. It is, but I want to challenge you guys to, to create something for your students, to make it yourself. And this is this is educational fast food, right? And there's a there's a space and place for that. I mean I I eat it in my life. I eat fast food in my life, but I know it's not the same as when I cook something for my family or cook something for my friends. And I, I just challenge you guys, you know, go easy on these. Uh, but again, getting started, maybe it's a good place. Maybe not. Maybe it's not a great place to start, to be honest. This is mental candy. I don't know how nourishing it is. Really, Kahoot, Quizzes, Quizlet, Gimkit, and Bluekit ultimately, at the end of the day, ask multiple choice questions to our kids. So when we think about Bloom's Taxonomy, we're not really getting them up that Bloom's Taxonomy. Is there a space in place to review those? Yes. Do I use these sometimes? Yes. So again, I'm not. I don't want to get like slammed in the comments here. Uh, I hope you can see what I'm trying to say here. Use these for what they are, but then also design, design and build better experiences for your students that only you can do in your classroom. So bring that to life. Which brings me to the next one, which I absolutely agree with. Michelle here says for the second one or third one. I'm sorry create a quest and she defines it that a quest is a mission with an objective uh and she says every year her students participate in an adventure quest based on weekly current events in reading students who correctly answer a specified text dependent question earn points and the student with the most points after six weeks wins a prize I post additional questions on my Remind and Twitter to allow students to earn extra points. Quests can also be independent projects or activities for students who have finished their work. Yes and no here. Love the point. Create a quest. This idea, Even the language itself gets us excited. All of us that are in the XP Lab community, I can hear you right now giving it a good holla because... Quests are awesome. Side quests, giving kids these these goals and missions to sort of go on, getting them excited, having them be breathable, opening, open-ended sort of things that they can go on. I love it. Get your kids to do that. Wow. Where I would like to caution here is 
She talked about activities for people who have finished their work. These sound like just extension activities that aren't necessarily exploratory. They might be. Keep in mind, this is a brief article she wrote for ISTE. So uh, I actually know Michelle. I think a lot of us will see eye to eye. Uh, but the way she sort of worded it here, I just want to caution people using it as just a you're finished sort of penalty. Um, but if, if it's open-ended and a quest-based, I love it. Uh, I love this idea of sort of a six-week text quest sort of thing. That's awesome. Find weekly things from current events. I love it. This really shows you a structure of how gamification can be laid out over anything. Because you're just putting that game mechanic in there. So she just has kind of things connected to current events and reading. And and they kind of are accumulating points here. Neat idea. Definitely suggest creating a quest if you are looking to build your game. Number four. She has battle it out with a boss battle. Huge fan of boss battles. Uh, been doing them for years. She lists here for the ISTE sort of standards or not standards ISTE sort of component you could use a platform like Classcraft uh, again Classcraft is a good product like the people at Classcraft uh, <laughs> however I just want to say you could create a boss battle in so many different ways uh, and she she really hints at it you know a boss battle is just a villain that you're trying to defeat there's all sorts of ways you could do it. She only suggests Classcraft as a particular platform you could do it on, but you're not required or beholden to using any said platform. You could totally do it in your own class. If your kids don't have devices, there's all sorts of ways you could just build it out in your own class. So, But I like this idea. Uh, so if, if I was to give a suggestion for a boss battle and you want to try it for the first time in your class, use your own projector, your own screen to kind of show the boss and then on that show of the boss, put some information about what the boss does. Uh, you know, like, is there some sort of bad thing that'll happen if the boss wins? Put that up there. Kind of detail what the boss is. I think you, with use of dice, you can kind of build out your own boss battle with no technology, really, except that main focus screen that shows the boss themselves. So definitely check that out. Think about that. Uh, the bosses, you know, if the way I basic, here we go, basic structure for a boss battle. Kids get questions right, they get to roll against the boss. Kids get questions wrong, the boss gets to roll against them. I think if you want to add a dash of realism here, you should probably allow the boss to do a jab every so often. Have that be some dice rolls. Uh, and then again, on your screen, you can detail what happens if the boss rolls odd numbers, a certain value. Uh, higher than, lower than, doubles, these kind of things can trigger some big events from the boss. And then same for you, if you're going to have a boss battle, one of the great things I love about adding to a game is add some items and power-ups to your game because now that you know you're going to have a boss battle, you can have items and power-ups that make the boss re-roll or you get a chance to re-roll or add to your roll. So maybe I roll like... Uh, a one against the boss. Well, it's only taken off one. Maybe you have a power-up that like anytime you roll a one, you can actually add six to it. So now you actually rolled a seven, you know, and choosing whether to use that against the boss or not be awesome, right? All right. We are coming in to our 
last of her suggestions. She had five suggestions. And this one is earn a badge for mastery. Uh, and she compares it sort of to the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. And I like this. I have no problem with mastery, completion kind of badges. The only thing I say is try to, one, make it into your theme. So if you're a space game, you know, make it some NASA badge, make it some clearance badges. Uh, so one, lean into theme. Two, make some of the badges bigger and then make some of the badges smaller <laughs> so what i mean by that is you don't want the whole game to be out of reach for most of your students so if you're only giving like badges for like a work that kids had to do on their own time over the weekend if that's the only way to get a badge you're already going to like cut out so many of your kids part of this part of gamification is to produce a feedback loop that inspires kids to try that next thing and then all of a sudden when they look back at a body of work over the course of a week a month a year they start to realize oh my gosh i've been actually doing a ton right but if you just started as like you know that a student that's what you have to do you have to basically be an a student well for the b student that might not motivate them you know, C student, that might be like out of reach. D student, that might be like whatever. I can see right through what you're asking for of me. So make some badges, things they can get for just doing the normal in class. Uh, and what I mean by that is not normal. You still want to like honor good work. But my point is don't attach it to a side quest. Make it something that like, hey, today in this class activity, I'm looking for good leadership. And that you can earn sort of the flight clearance badge if you were doing the NASA theme or whatever. If you work uh, well together and if I see qualities of leadership and boom, they have to be in your class anyways. They have to hopefully work well anyways so now you're just looking for that and try to find moments where you can kind of honor that kid that's not quite in your game yet or on the fence or just getting started obviously honor other kids too but make sure you could kind of grab one of those and give it to them that would be huge that starts to build that traction as well as relationship between you and the student so what i'm not a huge fan is is when we turn badges into stickers so let's say like you make everything be like you can't use the microscopes till you get the microscope badge. You can't use the, you know, like petri dishes until you get the petri dish badge. Like, oh man, that just puts everything like that puts a distance between the student and the learning and the tools and the equipment all the time. <laughs> so try not to do that. Try to inspire the badges for other actions. If you're going to do that, do that sparingly. I have some badges that definitely do that. But like I said, I, I thought through when I'm going to use those badges and how I'm going to use those badges. So that is kind of all. I mean, right? Let's just, that's like all of the ways that Michelle sort of put in this wonderful ISTE article about five ways to gamify your classroom. Uh I would love to have her on the show sometime, chit-chat. She is a great, great uh, teacher out there who's really trying to think outside the box and produce different experiences for her kids, and I think that is so great. She has some wonderful suggestions to get you started, both with tech and without tech. Here, uh, we went through this article point by point for the most part, and I, I hope I have honored her sort of voice. I hope I've only supported her voice. I want to support so many educators in this space. 
Ultimately, I also want to support you, the listener, and hopefully, you know, hearing different tips here and different takes on these will only better inform you and and give you a clearer, larger, broader picture of gamification and what it can be for your classroom. Uh, This is all I have for Well Played today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And as always, I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Mr. Matera. If you want to include me on that tweet, if you're an Instagrammer, you can put at Mr. Matera edu. And check out EMC2 Learning for all sorts of great, great, playful, and yet powerful pedagogical things you can do with your students. It is a platform that has hundreds of resources that are fully editable and ready to have you and your students just rock out on your content. All right, everyone. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoy and play on.